Hi, I'm Alex Palmer, and welcome to another episode of the Black Dog Cast, which this month is brought to you in partnership with Sportful. We've joined forces with Sportful to sell a limited edition Black Dog jersey during the month of November, with all profits going to Movember. Now, Movember do a ton of great work around men's mental health, so check out the link in the show notes and buy the jersey to support them this November. So, this month I'm joined by Italian pro cyclist and part-time punk rocker Daniel Oss to talk about his unique approach to pro cycling and finding balance in his life. We chat about his attitude towards the sport and how taking time to just enjoy riding helps him be fully focused when it comes to race time. He also tells us why his great friend Peter Sagan is such a talent, what it was like racing Paris-Roubaix for the first time in the wet this season, and what next season holds with a move to French team Total Energy. So Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So, so I, you're, you're, you're feeding this in just before you go on holiday, right? You're going on holiday tomorrow. Exactly. Tomorrow where, I'm going to fly. <laughs> where are you going? I'm going to Africa. I don't know if you know Zanzibar. Uh, it's an island of Tanzania. I mean, I've heard of it, but I've, I've no, I've never, I've never been there. Yeah, um, that's not your. Quite far. <laughs> that's not the typical like off-season holiday destination for a professional cyclist, is it? Mm, no, no, not. I mean, I could, I could give you some names that somebody went there. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Ghana. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Me. So it, it's like a, a secret off-season holiday destination for Italian <laughs> pro cyclists. Yeah, yeah. There you are sure that you can't speak about cycling. You just enjoy chilling and turn yeah. off your brain. No, it's, it's really amazing. I mean, I love it because the people is so happy, so so nice and. I, I really believe in um, happiness, and there I can find again. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't use so much the phone there. I don't use so much, uh, you know, all things that we don't use here. Yeah. So you obviously you don't take your bike, right? No, no, no bike. <laughs> um, how how long are you away for? Ah, uh, for ten days. Ten days okay. enough. Ten days. And then, um, and then, so when you come back, are you you you're back into training and riding your bike again? Yeah, yeah. This couple of weeks, I just adjust everything. So yep. my bike, my new stuff, like shoes, helmets, um, new kits, and everything I, I fix before yep. leaving. Mm-hmm. And so when I come back, I'm, everything is charged to to, to turn on. <laughs> and it, is that normal to own? Because ten days off without riding the bike doesn't seem very long to me. Is is that normal with within the pro peloton that you have such a short break before getting back on your bike and training again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, ten days is only in Zanzibar, but actually, uh, after Roubaix, I just, I just, I mean, I would, yeah, I, I just leave the bike there. Yeah, in the cellar and. I just did, uh, I don't know, in, in 20 days, I just did maybe 10, 10 riding, but really easy. Yeah. I just maybe, I, I did a couple of uh, gym training uh-huh. to, to feeling again a bit yeah. awake because in the long, long season like this is like only, you know, aerobic yeah. and uh, a long training and long, it's just, you know, some oh. different. Yeah, how much of that is because you know your season is heavily 
uh, weighted towards the classics at the start of the season, right? Yeah. Does that mean yeah. that you have to you have to kind of start your winter training earlier so that you're that you're you know you're firing on all cylinders, full gas mm-hmm. in yeah. know, February, March, April? Yeah, yeah. That's why we start earlier, even with the training, like November, middle of November. I always start. Yeah, December is already on. We yeah. we have a couple of training camp. You know, about uh, Christmas apart and last day of year. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, yeah, January, we are already on the road in uh, Argentina, for example, somebody yeah. uh, for COVID in Australia. So my, my season always starts in February. Yeah. I need um, a lot of kilometers already on the legs. So what what so, is it yeah. what does it look like when you come back from holiday and then you get back into training? What, what does a typical week look like for you? It's like um, I really keep it quiet to start. I mm-hmm. like to, to to grow and to build up a really big base, like mm-hmm. you know, the basement of uh, the the big uh, um, house. So mm-hmm. I like to ride uh, not so much before, like two three hours, two three hours, four after two three weeks, and then without any efforts without mm-hmm. any nothing just in the gym i like to training in the gym to build up uh, some upper pod upper part of my body mm-hmm. uh, i'm feeling the legs strong again mm-hmm. and so the aerobic part in the bike uh, spinning a bit and then all the muscle stuff uh, in the gym yeah i like to to keep this and then and then the first training camp we start the longer training and some some you know some efforts yeah. Dark, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So then um, that first training camp is with a new team this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Um, how, how, how are you feeling about that? Are you excited? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear like, where, how different will it be going to a French team, right? Because you've been on, a, a, you know, Italian and German teams <laughs> up to now. And, and I don't know, is, yeah. it, how, is, is a French team that different? I imagine they've got a slightly different approach. Mm, I, I don't know. I, this is really, really new for me. I mean, yeah. I was an Italian team at the beginning. I, I, I was in a BMC. It was an American, Switzerland, and <laughs> really international team. Yeah. And then I moved to German, really strict, really German, and now in the French team. But yeah, uh, I expect nothing really crazy. Mm-hmm. I expect a uh, really family approach, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, because I, I always I think about France like with uh, with a lot of culture of for cycling, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of passionate, a lot of um, they, they they really uh, roots um, passion mm-hmm. they have. So uh, probably like Italian. So I expect this a uh, lot of groups, a lot yeah. of uh, you know. Uh, a lot of time in uh, together uh, for sure you know uh, cycling now is really professional so a lot of focusing a lot of uh, instruction yeah but yeah i expected that uh, it's quite funny but uh, i, I really- think you're there's a there's quite a big group of you moving from bora to to total energy right there's a sort mm-hmm. of crew of you guys around peter sagan so there'll be a lot of familiar faces there right yeah so yeah that's true that's true we we move with uh, Peter and I, I will move uh, with Peter and Body Bodnar, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, we we have more mechanic, one senior that we yeah. know already. 
mm-hmm. but for the rest, uh, it's pretty new. Yeah. I don't and know. I, I'm really happy because actually I always uh, promote the changing. Mm-hmm. Changing is always nice. It's always uh, something good. Yeah. Do you... Um uh, what's what's happening with your equipment next year? It's specialized going to the new team as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. move with also that specialized. We join the team. Mm-hmm. Sportful, we join the team. Oh, okay, so great. Technic- so it's not, not much has changed then. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, for the technical part, is is pretty the same. Yeah. We're gonna change probably I don't know the power meter maybe I mean the power meter the, the just the cassette I don't know if we will have the Wahoo or something else okay but that's we're gonna have also the sunglasses yeah 100%. Does, does it take much adjustment when a when a rider moves teams and you have to switch you know you have to switch bikes and then uh, you know other contact points like I don't know whether whether teams. Do they tell you which saddle to ride, for example, and can that cause issues when you have to all of a sudden get used to a new equipment brand? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, have, uh, I have the um, I have uh, experience from Liquid Gas to BMC. Yeah, and BMC to to Bora. I have the experience that we are like a chef moving in different kitchen. You know, you have your <laughs> knife, you have your uh, instruments. You know, you have yeah. your uh, list of things that you need so this is my seller this is my and then of course if you change something you're gonna try before a bit mm-hmm. so maybe you're gonna have connecting you're gonna you're gonna ask to to the new sponsor to have something to try you're gonna maybe move earlier to the new team to to yeah. ask to, to, to just adjust of course if it's something different you have to try yeah i'm quite uh, lucky because um, I really, uh, how you say, I just, uh, I, I really, I'm really adapt mm-hmm. to everything. Yeah. I'm adapting really good to, 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 to new stuff. But I, I saw that somebody else is really in trouble sometimes because you change the seller, change the uh, shoes. Uh, yeah. Even I re- socks make problems. I, I saw when I, when I worked at, at Slipstream, we had a we had a tricky incident like that at the Tour of California one year, and one of the riders on the team showed up with a specialized saddle on his bike. And at the time, we were riding, you know, Cervelo bikes and Physique was that was that was the saddle sponsor. And he, uh, we're just like, what, what are you what are you doing? Like, it's not the way to handle this shit. Like, you sh- if, if yeah. you've got an issue with the saddle, you have to come to the team, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks before, explain it. There's ways around it, you know. Yeah. A- anyway, well, um, so you you've been a pro for a while, right? Ten years or so. When when did you turn pro? I start, I turned pro two thousand nine. What um have things changed a lot since two thousand nine? A lot, of how, course. Like, <laughs> how, how how do you think it's changed? I think uh, I I mean, it, cycling it was changing a lot during um, my turn. I mean, I, when I was young. Uh, old guys, or I mean, experienced guys, who were they, they were talking to me like uh, one time ago was different. Uh, we were, I mean, totally the new cycling changing in uh, professional stuff. Everybody's so focused on the small details. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
10, 10, 20, uh, 12 years ago was like, okay, you are young, uh, go quiet, maybe take it easy one year, not immediately in the Grand Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do just a couple of um, uh, classics. Uh, um, okay, the second year you can do maybe one <laughs> Grand Tour and stuff now. A lot of riders, 20, 20, yeah, 21, 22 years old, they <laughs> actually, they are winning yeah. <laughs> the <Grand> Tour <laughs> and, the, and the big classics. So this is the first really big difference. And then during my first five, six years, I saw so many um, riders arrive from some so different part of the world. I mean... Mm-hmm. Not, not the countries, but I mean, from some different, I mean, from ski jumper, yeah. mountain biking, ski, ski, <laughs> just uh, decent skiing. So alpine skiing, uh, a lot of connection and then cycling's grow a lot as a fashion. Mm-hmm. Cycling was fashion, is yeah. fashion in the last 10 years. So. Yeah. People love cycling in so many different ways. And now we have also so many fans that riding a bike, who likes mountain bike, who likes traveling, who likes making jump, you know, that makes different also in the bunch because maybe before uh, uh, 90% of the peloton grow with the road bike. Mm-hmm. Now 90 per- 10% of peloton is riding road bikes since uh, seven years old. You know what I mean? I grow as a road cycling 100% from seven years old. Yeah. Is that why this, do you think there's, are there more crashes in the peloton now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And now you can see uh, that young guys are so, now they are, they are big, big level already. Yeah, we make a couple of years to to grow as a real pro. Yeah, does that? Um, I mean, you think that puts more pressure on riders early in their career now? If I have pressure, no. Just do, oh. nowadays, if if you know, let's say when ah, you, you when no. if if you turn pro now compared to you know back in two thousand nine uh, or you whatever, you have pressure. Yes, yeah. you have more pressure because if you don't show that you can do something special in the first two three years, you are out. Yeah. Not out, but maybe you, you are in the second line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's maybe sometimes it's not the rider's fault. Maybe sometimes it's the managing fault. And then sometimes if you find the amazing stuff around you, you can grow a bit, you know, mm-hmm. because... But yeah, that is, is like this. The, everybody have more pressure because everybody have... So many races, so many traveling. Now with COVID was so crazy. You have yeah. to be really in shape every time because every race was the world championship. <laughs> and you, you have to show that you can race. You have to show your training. You have to show your shape. Everything is connected. Everything is online. Mm-hmm. This is really stressful at the end because you can, you can be connected everywhere you can be a machine for a while but at the end we are not machine we are yeah. human and we need to be 
is the world is like this. Everything is running so fast. Everything is changing so fast. Yeah. Uh, maybe today you are a sprinter. Tomorrow you are a climber. <laughs> <laughs> it, we had um, so you uh, Peter Statner is a team a former teammate of yours, right? You guys were at BMC at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he, um, I had him on the podcast and he, he said exactly the same thing. I guess you guys are probably a similar age and you probably turn pro around the same time. And he was mm-hmm. just talking about the differences in the last couple mm-hmm. of years compared to when he turned pro. And, um, uh, you know, back then it was a bit more relaxed. The uh, same thing, the younger riders were given less pressure. They could, you know, mm-hmm. ease into it for a couple of years. And then he just said the last couple of years, it's just, it totally changed and the pressure is on mm-hmm. and, you know, everybody's looking for the, for, for the edge all the time. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why he, um, you know, ch- uh, left the pro peloton and now he's a, he's a gravel pro here in the, in the mm-hmm. U S just cause it allows him yeah. to less stress. He can kind of mm-hmm. build his own program, that, that, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Um, but I guess you've got a different, what you seem to have a different way of managing this and, and you have an approach to the sport where you prioritize that balance. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when you're racing, it's full on, but then the rest of the time you like to chill and you like to do some different things. Right. You t- tell us yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, uh, I, I love to be professional, you know, I love to, grow my shape. I love to, to be the first part of the tel- peloton, the first line. I have also s- <laughs> the, the amazing leader as Peter Sagan is yeah. one of the best riders in the last 10 years. I mean, he did something that somebody else mm, can't imagine. So I love it. I love to racing. I love everything about cycling, but still I love bike as I know, as I, uh, you know, the bike, when I started riding a bike, I was, I told you, six, seven years old. And I was riding with my father around the, the, the forest mm-hmm. uh, with a small mountain bike, sometimes with friends. Uh, in a, we call it um, Bochodromo, where people are uh, playing uh, in, the, in the the park, you know, mm-hmm. small small road. And yeah, that's, that's what... Sometimes I miss it. I like in taking my time sometimes with uh, some trips. I like uh, to, to, to be free because sometimes really the, the main stuff and the main pain in the brain <laughs> <laughs> is the calendar. You have so many days, so many hours to, to follow. Uh, in the morning, you have to eat this and do this. In the afternoon, yeah. you have to rest two hours and then go because after, afterwards, if you don't eat before seven, you are not allowed to sleep good and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the trip, when, uh, when I'm riding, even uh, maybe you know just right, yeah, this no, I, my, I, I watched I watched a few of your videos. Um, uh, t- tell us about are, that. Where, where did the idea come from? Yeah, there, there I found myself. Yeah, and I continue. I can say that um, I, I was in the bar with my friend after the Giro d'Italia, and I was like, uh, "Man, I'm, I'm." Ba-. In Italian, we say "basta." I'm yeah, stopped. Enough. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, enough. I have enough. Basta. I have to, but at the same time, so I, I, I like. I can't stop. I, I want to ride. Where, where, uh, what I can do? Yeah. And 
after the second beer coming up, uh, like uh, <laughs> why we don't why we don't ride, right? Why we don't go from here to that that city? That's nice. We go there, mm-hmm. we chill in there, we eat, and then we come back. Uh, why we have to come back after dinner? We just go on the next one, <laughs> mm-hmm. and this start in the, my mind like uh, why not? Why this is this is the best way of uh, go back a bit, you know, going uh, to the root of my mm, concept of cycling. Yeah. That is not like abandon to abandon uh, the the rest. I love to to race, but sometimes, as you know, as as we are telling, like sometimes it's it's okay to come back because um, we are human and we we can't go in this direction forever. Yeah. Um, so what what do you have planned for that this season? Do you have have you got any big trips planned? No, this season not yet okay. because COVID and stuff was not uh, was not really easier to, to do that. But uh, next year for sure. Next yeah. year I will I will need it. Also, yeah, this year was really really strange for for racing it was crazy i did uh, two grand tours i did mm-hmm. um Roubaix's last one classic i started in the, in the classic so i was really uh busy this year yeah <laughs> that's why maybe the next year will be the the, the best uh, just ride ever <laughs> yeah does the season hopefully the season gets a bit more back to normal next year with with mm. um races being in their normal place in the calendar right mm, yeah that's also was not the, the the first year without any problem with COVID was the year of tra- transition. I want to say because it was not even easy for we we did so many tested every race. We did so many traveling yeah. uh, by car by plane. It was stress also for that, uh, but even for everybody, even for who is working and for other sports, I guess. So nothing was just uh i was just busy <laughs> yeah um well look, look you mentioned roubaix this year um tell us about that because from a fan's perspective i think almost mm-hmm. all cycling fans woke up that day and they were so happy that it was raining <laughs> right because not like it's been what 23 years i think i think 2008 was the last yeah. time there was, there was a wet roubaix so there's a whole generation of riders like you yeah You've yes. been a pro for ten years, and you've never had to do a wet rebay. Yeah. Like how? how even, like- yeah, even even Gilbert was the I probably was probably the the, the oldest one in the peloton. Two thousand two yeah. didn't mention any raining rebay. Yeah, so it was was everybody didn't know what we can expect, mm-hmm. and the, the day before I can mention your happiness. Uh, mm-hmm. About the raining, <laughs> we, we we were the day before the women were riding, yeah, and we were watching with the same passion that you <laughs> felt uh, in Sunday. I mean, not I mean we were uh, we were laughing, but in the same time we were crying, and the same times we were wow, and was was crazy. Was something at the beginning at the start? I was like, how I can dress? What what? Yeah, how? It gonna dry. gonna dry soon. He gonna. I gonna wet for. I don't know. I was completely. Everybody was blind. Yeah. Because even the, the pressure on the tires, gloves. I put the the short gloves, the long gloves. Mm-hmm. I, I put the short and then the under and then my probably shoe covers. Oh no, shoe cover not. 
was totally great. Everybody was dressing different way. And then during the first uh, 50K, <laughs> you can see, I, I saw so many different stuff, like uh, somebody gets crazy for the breakaway. Somebody didn't want to start even. Somebody... Uh, uh, Somebody was there just to stop on the on the, on the feed zone. Mm -hmm. Somebody like um, yeah, somebody was so happy to start with the rain. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. It was totally really uh, an amazing uh, experience. And at the end, I can tell you that on on the pavé, I don't know really because I wasn't break, but on the pavé was not the the the, the big big problem. You right. know what I mean? Because the, the big stress and the crazy stuff was on the asphalt, the, the approaching the, the sector. Yeah. There, there was, uh, that was crazy. So did Even you, in the break, you, yeah. you got in the early break, did you at Roubaix? Yeah. Yeah. We were 25, 20 riders. Okay. Early. And, and that was and the one was that, the, that eventually there was, um, Moscon and the, Mm -hmm. The young guy from yeah. Lotto, I can't remember his name. They yeah. were kind of the, the people that were left from that. Yeah. Luke Rowe yeah. was in that break as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were together. And then I flat tire on the first sector. Mm -hmm. So I was in the bunch. Uh, I weighed the bunch. And then I flat again. And then I, <laughs> I continued I continued with uh, with my pace until the end. I was yeah. out of time limit, but I finished. And uh, yeah. Nothing, <laughs> but yeah, it was there. I just approached the first sector, and uh, already was crazy in the breakaway because we were thirty, we're twenty, and we 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 want to took it. You know, the first everyone was fighting to to be in the first line, but we were twenty. We were not uh, under fifty. I can't imagine the peloton how how much stress was there. Yeah, were you um were you surprised who won? Surprised? No, I, I mean, I was surprised. Yeah, uh, uh, for sure, because I didn't expect. Because also it was the first one for him. Well, it was the first but, for all three on the podium, right? Yes, yes. And I write to Colbrelli two, three days before, and uh, because I was watching the forecast, mm -hmm. and I knew that uh, he he is really strong in the rain. Ah, okay. And, uh, I, I, Okay, uh, he won the European Championship. Yeah. He was really in shape, and but you know, he's the first one. I just sent to him, "Oh, uh, it's nice weather for you. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Try it." <laughs> and he said, "Like, uh, no, it's not my race. You know, I don't like it." <laughs> uh, you can imagine if you like it. Yeah. Do you think that? Um, do you, um, how, are you? Do you know Gianni Moscon very well? How, how do, you, do you think yeah, he would have no, won if he? If he hadn't got that puncture and had the wheel of problems, course. you think I believe one hundred percent he yeah. could have won. He could have won for sure. I believe in him. I mean, I believe what he can do, and I saw already him in the same position. Yeah, and for sure, he he was not giving up. I mean, he was he was focused. He was uh, quiet. Even another things you can see after the puncture and the crash, he was taking the same gap. Mm -hmm. From the, from the guys behind him and from the first group. So he finished yeah. fourth, but with the same gap, you know? It, so, it looked like, just from watching it on TV, it looked like the spare bike that they gave him, the, the tire pressure was not right. Maybe it had too much air in the tires. No, I, was... I, I have 
no, no. Then I spoke with him. Okay. And well, uh, <laughs> I, I knew exactly that it was the same, same, same bike. The same really? pressure, same wheels, same bike. Wow. Okay. The only one thing that you can think about, and this is for podcasts or for fans and for everybody, is like yeah. when you change a spare bike so far in the in the, in the race, mm-hmm. the spare bike is is strange to say, but it's too clean. You know what I mean? <laughs> the tire and everything, the rub and stuff is not, uh, okay. uh, it's I, not yeah. so um, adapted to I everything. So yeah. the, 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 the bike that he punched, it was already with some grips. It was um, scrub a bit and was already more stable on the pavé. Mm-hmm. And the new bike, not. So that's why probably he... And then also it's really strange feeling when you change a bike like this. I mean, when you go out of the bike after <laughs> so many kilometers on the pavé, mm-hmm. I can say that the legs that you feel is mm-hmm. shit, but really bad, really bad. When, when you turn out the, the, you know, the, um, the legs out of the bike to, to, to get it out, yeah. you feel, you feel strange, you feel tight muscle and then you put, it's strange, it's strange. It's really something that you can't um, describe well, but I knew that, yeah, I have this um, info for you. That yeah, you can go on for sure. Yeah. yeah, I guess that you know that's something that as a fan you just never appreciate on the TV that you see a rider no, take a bike change that, and, yeah. and you know the bike is identical, right? It's set up the same, all the measurements are the same, the tire pressure is the same, and 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 we yeah we don't appreciate that it it, it can feel nah. different. It's crazy yeah. stuff. Um, do, do you, do you guys do a lot of equipment testing before Roubaix still? Cause I, I think I read somewhere, um, in, in the press that, um, you know, I think some of the cycling media were disappointed now because there isn't really much technical innovation before Roubaix. You go back 10 years, like they'd go to Roubaix and teams would be trying all sorts of different things and lots of, lots of new equipment and changes. And nowadays it's, Maybe you just put some slightly wider tires on. I don't know. Is, is, do, you, do you see that from your perspective? Of course. You know, I mean, it's changing a lot in the last yeah. 10 years. A lot. But I can tell you that the, the, the curve of, uh, is not proportional. It's like super, it's grow a lot. I mean, everything from handbar to the frame to the material making the frame to the wheels. Mm-hmm. to the ginger or tubular or whatever you use is changing so much. I remember my first rube, my hand was completely blooding, you know, <laughs> but yeah. it's also, okay. The, the, the hand is the same. I don't, I don't have many stuff in my, I just changing. Okay. Gloves, mm-hmm. but it's not even, I don't use even uh, really soft uh, gloves. I just mm-hmm. use the normal gloves with just the leather. Uh, I mean, normal tissue, but, uh, I, I can say, I can give you my experience that all the frame, all the bike you use on the cobble is making softer your, your pedaling, you know? Yeah. So it's everything that, uh, 10 years ago, everything was going in my hand and making uh, shit on my hands. And, <laughs> you know, a lot of bumping, a lot of, uh, stuff was making my hand blooding, but now everything is softer and everything is like, going faster you you fly on the cobbles yeah it's crazy how better you can pedal and uh, riding on the cobble even i mean i can say about specialized frame but uh, at that time i used cannondale liquigas 
Yeah. We try also Chico across uh, break. We try now we have a disc. You can imagine how different is breaking with the disc or with the rubber, with the traditional uh, brakes. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how better is this now. Mm-hmm. Uh, once upon a time, and with the once upon a time, <laughs> some years ago with the normal traditional brakes was crazy. Even to you don't have the same feeling now. You break everywhere, every time in the same way. Um, some years ago with the traditional was not possible. Mm-hmm. And even the frame, the frame, I mean, specialized. Okay. Maybe uh, you specialize and you feel that <laughs> I am a part, but, uh, it's so nice. The Roubaix bike, we have, uh, the small, um, suspension on the handbar. Mm-hmm. You can block the suspension. You can open the suspension. Yeah, we have, uh, 28, uh, somebody used 30 clincher, tubular yeah. stuff. Uh, on the wheel, the wheel are making, uh, everything softer It's carbon. Okay. It's carbonio, but it's not so hard anymore. Yeah. It's been, you, oh no, changing a lot. Do you think that with all of this technical innovation, does it make a race like Roubaix? Does it make it more level? Right. So, so the, the guys who maybe 10 years ago were really cobbled specialists and, you know, like Boonen or Cancellara who, who, who could really, um, they could make a difference on a cobbled section and they could, you know, that was where they could get away. Now, does the equipment mean that more guys are in contention in a race like Roubaix? But on all, not only Roubaix, I think. Okay. I think that uh, is, uh, yeah, uh, that now, the, yeah, everything, all, I mean, high level, the, the top gamma, the top, uh, the, the top bike of every frame, every brand. Yeah. Are so it's now it's amazing how they do, and with this brake, with aerodynamic, with the, um, the the material, how is light bike, and all this stuff making everybody more similar. Yeah, and even if you can see the, I can see this in the breakaway when you are in the brake. Uh, I mean speed. The speed of the peloton when you are making a breakaway and catching the breakaway, you have to push more. You have to go more and more faster. Mm-hmm. But making faster, you can. I mean, I can. You can go faster with less. You can go at the same speed with less less power, effort. Power, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that means we have power. We go faster, faster, and faster. But there is a limit also there. You can go ninety in an hour. Yeah. When you go sixty. 50, 60 is already, is already, uh, I don't know how, how much fast you can go. Yeah. So uh, if you go, it's different. If you go, uh, maybe it's too technical, but if you go in the breakaway at 16 an hour, if you're going to catch the break, you can, you have to go 18 an hour, mm-hmm. but it's impossible. And then the race is over. So sometimes it's also hard. Yeah. 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 Everybody is like more balance now and the new new kit so let's um let's talk about your good friend peter sagan um you guys um you guys were on liquid gas um early in your career did um when he came along as a as a young guy you know neo pro on liquid gas did everybody know how good he was And, and did everybody you know think he would go on to do the things that he has uh nobody knows no Really? Because he arrived from he arrived from zero, mm-hmm. completely zero. 
he arrived from uh, another sport like mountain biking, but he didn't know nothing about diets, about training, about uh, everything about uh, road cycling. But you know, we went training and we went um, we went uh, the first training camp. Uh, we were. Uh, we were pretty impressed about what he's doing because, okay, for I don't know, I remember this uh, episode like in the, um, the first day, couple, uh, first week, we were training and we did a couple of efforts, you know, on the, on the climb, like up and down, torque and stuff. And he did the same with uh, 20 RP, RP, uh, RPB, uh, RPM, RPM, like pedal, pedal revolutions. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. with less RPM and also with uh, without. Uh, I mean, in the cardio was the, the heart was so low. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we we did a couple of uh, sprints. He was always on the top three. Mm-hmm. He was uh, the dinner. He was eating everything <laughs> like all in the same plates. And he did. A, he was a talent. We discovered yeah. immediately he was a talent, but he didn't know. We didn't know that he was so strong. But after the first race, we say, okay, somebody is going <laughs> to make in history. <laughs> yeah. And so what, um, what do you think the future holds for Peter then? Is it, do, I mean, you think he's still got some monuments left to win and some green jerseys left? Uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, Remo is one of goal. Mm-hmm. the goal. Is one of the... Uh, he missed it actually, no? Yeah. That he liked it because it, he loved Italy, Italy and he loves in Milano Sanremo. He would love to win for sure. Even the team, uh, me, Bodnar, we, we, we will love to, to win the race with him. It's, it's special, I guess. And then probably he's always competitive for the green jersey for sure. Yeah. He did Ciclamino last year and he tried again the green jersey, but he had a lot of bad luck this year. Yeah. So he, he he's still hungry, you know. He want to he, he want to do something because he don't like to to leave nothing. He want to try until the end. Yeah, and you got you you guys have quite a similar attitude towards life and towards professional cycling, right? I don't mm-hmm. think you don't take it too seriously. You have good balance. Um, that's mm-hmm. why you get on so well, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not correct to say that we don't take so seriously because mm-hmm. we are so serious. I mean, okay, why so serious is always the, the, the slogan of Peter, but the, the, um, we we training a lot, we, mm-hmm. we study a lot, we met together, we speaking about racing, we we try to do everything. We don't want, um, we don't we don't like to be. We don't regret nothing at the end of the race. So, if we finish with something bad, we we, we discuss and we try to to be the better next time, you know. Yeah. Um, but we have this attitude that sometimes when, when it's off, it's off. Stop. Yeah. When, when it's finished, it's finished. Thinking about another another one. When even he won, when he won, is just one. Basta. It's finished. We we go another one. We enjoy, we we like to celebrate for sure, but then it's not it's not over. We have to go again and again. This approach of pro cycling, this professional stuff, is one thing. And then when we are in holiday, when we are off, 
we like the same stuff. We like to really keep it, um, keep it easier, keep it different, keep it. I don't know because now uh, we say to we say always this mood, but I don't know how I can play better. Yeah. You know, I think it's um, what you're talking about in pro cycling. I think it. Um, it applies to amateur cycling as well. Right. And I think, yeah. you know, I've been riding bikes for what, 30 years and I mm -hmm. see it's changed. It's changed mm -hmm. so much. And, mm -hmm. and what you're talking about with the, you know, the, the, the focus on performance all the time and trying to find mm -hmm. every advantage. I think there's a lot of amateur cyclists that could do with <laughs> like the same attitude that you guys have and just to chill out a little bit sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, when you're on, you're on, but then you're not on, it's not full yeah. gas all of the time. And I think there's a lot of amateurs that are, they're too obsessed about their power and their Strava and, and mm. Zwift. And it, it's, it's really important to just to find that joy in riding bikes. Right. Which yeah. is, I think it's, yeah, it's exactly. great. It's great when people can see pro cyclists at the top level, just yeah. able to do both to enjoy riding their bike yeah. and then to go like, boom, when it's like business time, it's like full gas mm. and you're on and you're trying to course, win races. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably is kind of, uh, I mean, the approach of, uh, uh, I start when I seven years old, when I was seven years old. Okay. The first yeah. 20 yeah. years was just fun. Nah, I can say 10 years was fun, but then was really serious mm -hmm. and I grow my, uh, 15, uh, to 20 really dreaming cycling, really dreaming the professional part. I was dreaming world championship. I was, but I was 15. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some, somebody starting to 40, now 40 years old, starting yeah. dreaming yeah. Uh, uh, to be uh, Van der Poel or Sagan. <laughs> That's not correct. It's not possible. And probably somebody can make some good stuff because it's right to, to, to put yourself in something that you like and doing 100% because it's correct, you know, mm -hmm. it's nice to, to be fit and to go on the, on the, on the climb faster than your friend. But you have to also to, to understand that it's something that you don't have to be angry. You don't have to be a stress. He has to be enjoying his happiness. It's not mm -hmm. nothing that you have to be, because Van der Poel, if he's not winning the, the, the yellow jersey, probably is losing uh, money, respect to, to somebody. And, you know, he's racing, he's important races, but mm -hmm. still, it's a fucking cycling race. It's nothing, <laughs> uh, we don't making a vaccine for COVID, you know? It's only a bike race. So, <laughs> people, amateurs, take it easy, going and enjoying and drink a beer when you finish is more important. If I, if I have to train young people, like, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years old, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I will be in this direction. It's not, uh, you have to be for sure, but it is not about, uh, um, be, uh, the best, uh, cyclist is, is education. You know, you yeah. have to understand that yeah. you have to, uh, do what you are doing in the best way uh, you can. Yeah. You have to be yeah. the best man and the best. If you want to study uh, um, as a doctor, you have to be the best as a doctor, you know. You have to study to be focused and, uh, and go on. If you want to be a cycling, you have to be the best cycling ever. And then, okay, nobody is going to be um, 
Leonardo DiCaprio as a doctor, nobody gonna, and, and not everybody gonna be Peter Sagan. Yeah. But you can be Daniel Austin, you can be uh, near Peter Sagan, help him in the Tour de France, uh, and doing a lot of good stuff and a nice career. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody mm-hmm. has to understand his limits yeah. because everybody are thinking that they are champions, that they are um, Bill Gates and, uh, and uh, <laughs> I don't know who, Superman. No, we are different. We have a limit. We, we have to be the best of uh, the best of himself. I mean, yeah. Do you, um, uh, do, do you have a plan for after you finish racing? Like, do, do, do you know how many years you'll, you'll continue racing and what you'll do afterwards? <laughs> but, uh, so now I have two years more with yeah. Total. We signed two years. And we'll see. Maybe during the next year, uh, I'm going to put my line. <laughs> if maybe I can do two years more or mm-hmm. one year more, we'll see during the next year. And then I will stop for sure. Yeah. So the next step will be to find something to <laughs> to do. No, yeah. You don't and know. You don't know what that is yet. Are you, you going to just go full time like punk rock uh, bass player or uh, or something else? <laughs> I don't know. I have a. Uh, I have still passion for sport mm-hmm. a lot. I really love sport. I really love. I don't know how to be connecting. I don't know how to connect uh, sport and uh, traveling. Uh, I would love to to be part of a nice group of uh, somebody making sport. Yeah. What about um, what? What do you think about the gravel scene? Because I think it was one of the things that we talked to Pete Stetner about. Because obviously, gravel is really big in the US. Um, mm-hmm. he, he met some resistance with his team when he was on Trek. They just didn't understand why he wanted to go do gravel. Um, is that, do you think that attitude's changing and, and people in Europe are starting to, to understand the gravel scene and, and, and how big it can be? I'm sure, I'm sure hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. This is the direction. This is the, 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 the future. Mm-hmm. Will be not maybe I don't know. I man, I, I can't say that will be not the, the same as a road bike, but um, will be a, a big, big um, sector. Yeah, a big, big uh, um, harm of cycling for sure. Yeah, is for it? Sure. Um, does it excite you? Do you do you, do you plan to do some more gravel racing? Yeah, why not? Why not? I will. I will love to try it still. Uh, until then, yeah, yeah, we'd love to try. Probably now in Europe, the gravel is the, the attitude of graveling is more traveling, you know, it's more making uh, the trip and blah bike blah, tours. But, yeah, bike tours and stuff. But um, probably the, the next step will be the race, yeah, is already, already on with uh, people did the same, did the first uh, gravel race this year. Yep. Did, did you race that or not? No, no, no. I was not there. Okay. But I saw it and I'm happy that that was on. Yeah. I think was, you know, what I find interesting with gravel is that um, the races really reflect the, the, the places that they are, that they are held mm-hmm. in, right? So, yeah, awesome. you know, Belgian Waffle Ride, 
is totally different from you know a race in Kansas, which is totally different to in, in Strada Bianchi, for example. And it, it you know sure. Strada Bianchi is there because that's that's the roads in that part of the world, and they and they they make a great race, and it's you know. Each yeah, race is very problem. different, and it reflects the different, you know, the different uh, yeah, country the, that the, it's the, in. Of course, of course, you can. The, 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 yeah, yeah, that's true. I never think about that, but it's true. I mean, Roubaix is like road, uh, Roubaix is like a gravel famous. race, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah, it's true. Yeah, but the road is the road everywhere. Uh, the gravel is you can see a lot of stuff, different stuff in different countries. True. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Look, let's, we'll wrap this up in a minute. Just, um, what, what are your, have you got big plans for next season? Um, what, what are you, what are your big goals? As I told you before, Sanremo is a big goal. Yeah. I would love to, to, to be more. No, I would love to, to, to do a really nice race. Mm-hmm. Peter is so mentally there and I would love to race uh, again. And my tenth uh, to the France. Mm-hmm. If I will race the next one, will be the tenth. So really big goal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I would love to to help Total to to grow as a, as a team and to maybe they 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 would love to to be worked to in the next years, mm-hmm. not the next one, but then the future next two years. So I would love to to making enough points to to. To grow with them. What about uh, do you? Do you look at do you look at the calendar and maybe put a circle around a race like <laughs> there's that's a race that maybe I can win. Like okay, it's great to help Peter Sagan win Milan San Remo, <laughs> but what about Daniel Oss? Like putting his yeah, hands in the no. air. <laughs> nah, I don't like anymore to play like this. I okay. like to leave at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and, and if and then, if if there was one race that you that that, that you could win, which one would it be? I don't know. One, I don't know. Stage of the tour could be yeah. enough. Yeah, it could be enough. Uh, it's a big dream. That's yeah, that's true. And and a really nice just ride. Yeah, I look forward to playing one. Good. That's a good balance, isn't it? Well, look. Um, <laughs> hopefully, you get some luck in the breakaway uh, one day in the tour. Yeah. And um and and we look forward to um to seeing where your next just ride goes yes okay cool well look, um we'll let you know yeah appreciate you making the time for this before you go on holiday um thank have you, a great break you. and um and good luck next season thank you man have a nice All right. thanks have Daniel. a nice podcast <laughs> thank <Yeah>. you <laughs> uh, so that's it for this special movember edition of the black dog cast Remember to check in the show notes below for the link to buy our limited edition Sportful jersey this month as all proceeds go go directly to Movember and the work they're doing around men's mental health.